Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Hello, I'm Kati Kaff, a Soroptimist from Bonn in Germany. I have been a Soroptimist for 37 years. Today, I'm honored with the task of hosting a conversation with Joanne Yeo from Malaysia. Joanne is president-elect of Soroptimist International of Southwest Pacific. Today, we are going to talk about food, agriculture, and empowering women in this context. The importance of food security and sustainability is being spotlighted now more than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted existing inequalities. The number of people who suffer from hunger is currently estimated by the United Nations to be almost 700 million people, or almost 9% of the world population. The UN has designated 2021 as the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables, dedicated to raising awareness on the important role of fruits and vegetables in our nutrition, in our food security, and in our health. One of the sustainable development goals being reviewed at this year's high-level political forum is SDG 2, Zero Hunger. So you can see that uh, food security is a really important issue worldwide. And it is something that SI has worked to achieve in community across the world for many years. My guest today is Joanne Yeo. She has an abundance of knowledge in this area. Dear Joanne, I'm so pleased to be able to talk to you and thank you for joining us. And um, I would like to know more about you, Joanne. And can you tell us about how you became to be where you are now? Thank you very much, Katie, for inviting me to be on this SI Voices podcast. I've been a Soroptimist for over 20 years. I've served at the club, region, and federation executive levels, twice over as president of my own club, SI Damansara, various convenient positions, and president of the SI region of Malaysia, and was also at the federation board when I took up the position of national representative of Malaysia. Throughout these 22 years, I've been exposed to our Soroptimist values, principles, and issues that our organization advocates. I believe that program is the heartbeat of SI, and I believe in building on programs to impact women and girls. Now, I've had the opportunity to project lead, project manage, and be a member of teams executing projects with impactful outcomes. I firmly believe in teamwork and leadership as it's teams and teamwork which actually help to achieve excellence and impactful outcomes. And literacy, self-development and skills training are some of the areas that have been the forefront of my work in empowering and capacity building. Great work. We know that women make essential contributions to agriculture and rural economic activities across the world. Can you tell us how and why sustainable agriculture and food security is so much linked to women's lives? If we see rural women, they often manage complex households and juggling multiple activities, ranging from producing agricultural crops, tending to animals, collecting water and fuel, 
preparing and cooking food, as well as caring for children and family members and maintaining their homes. And the food security is not just about donating food items to those who are hungry. It's actually about empowering local women and the knowledge and resources to allow them to build their sustainable and income-generating farms and enterprises. And a perfect example of capacity building with an emphasis on empowering locals is the successful project that you have been working on for a few years now, the Clean Water for Rural Communities, headed up by SI Region of Malaysia and implemented in Sarabak and Sabah. The project focused on getting access to water, organic farming, and increasing career opportunities for the women and girls. Could you tell us more about that? Sure, Cathy. This project was actually implemented with the support of SI Presence Appeal when past President Merit was the SI President. Just let me give you a background of why we did this project. Many rural villages in East Malaysia, located in the island of Borneo, they lack access to a clean and steady supply of water. The indigenous people whom we call Orang Asal, they face threats from climate change, continuous logging, deforestation and mining, which is not only polluting the air, but also valuable sources of drinking water and threatening the rich biodiversity of the area. Realizing that there was an urgent need to rectify the situation, SI Region of Malaysia, in collaboration with SI Presence Appeal, decided to embark on this project, Clean Water for Rural Communities. We implemented one in Sarawak in the village of Long Tanit. It's so remote that it takes eight hours by four-wheel drive over logging tracks. Not a very pleasant journey, Cathy. And the other one was in Sabah, where we did it in Kampung Ghana, which was a little bit better, three and a half hours drive from Kota Kinabalu. So today we'll talk more about Kampung Long Tanit, which when we first went to the village, there was no water, no electricity, no cleaning, no sanitation. Would you believe that the nearest clinic and the school is four hours drive away, of course, over logging tracks in a small little village called Sungai Asap. Now, most of the villages when we went there were basically mainly women and young children. Why? Because many of the young men have already left the village to look for greener pastures and jobs in the cities. The children are undernourished and often suffer from sore eyes, skin diseases and diarrhea, as the water in the river next to the village is forever muddy and polluted. So the main objectives of the project was to first to bring clean water to the two communities, improve the health and well-being of the villagers, then assist in generating it generating income by cultivating the lands and preserve the biodiversity by sustainable organic farming. During phase one, the rainwater harvesting system and the dam construction were successfully completed. How did we do that? We got the villagers to own the project and getting involved in the implementation. You know, the men actually went up one and a half kilometers to up to the hill and they actually Re repaired their dam. The villagers were very happy then to receive clean and steady source of water for cooking and drinking. 
Of course, the women were very grateful as they had actually saved valuable time just collecting and storing water for their families. Now they can devote their time to organic farming, which will provide their families with nutritious food as well as a sustainable source of income. So after we implemented the clean water systems, SI Region of Malaysia sponsored six women from the village to undergo a 10-day course of training in organic farm at one of the farms in Kuala Lumpur called the Frangipani Organic Farm. So they learned about composting, making biofertilizers and biopesticides, and many other organic farming practices. Now the villagers then returned to their village and they immediately cleared two plots of land totaling about four to five acres for the organic farm. This time, the men and the women worked together to clear the land. The original batch of six women then, in turn, trained another 20 more women from the village because the 20 women saw these six ladies and said they also wanted to get involved in the farming activities. From the six plus 20, all the 120 women and girls from the village now got themselves involved in the farm. So these women have been clearly empowered and move up to positions of responsibility and leadership in their community. What you can do when you empower women, that's what I say. Since setting up the farm in September 2019, the women have planted green leafy vegetables such as spinach, bok choy and lettuce. They have also planted legumes such as long beans and okra, brinjal, cucumber, bitter gourd, sweet corn, pumpkin and watermelon. The beauty of it is this, the women have actually produced enough vegetables to feed the entire village and more. So the extra vegetables, they have now started selling to the villagers nearby and even to the nearby logging camps. And so in doing so, they have generated income for their families. The impact has been tremendous. And I would say SDGs 1, Two, three, five, and six have all been achieved. Fantastic. This project really did take a holistic and a community-led approach. Not only did the project build a sustainable and thriving farm, there were other aspects what the project covered too, including training some of the village girls in welding. Could you say more about that? I'm very honoured and privileged to have been working with these girls who wanted to break out from their stereotype where we always assume that welding is only for boys and men. But these girls really wanted to step out. They took a very brave step. And I, will, and I would say they've actually broken the glass ceiling on this. So let us talk about the five Penan girls. SI Region of Malaysia supported them to pursue their Malaysian skills certificate in welding to upgrade it to a diploma. Now, why a diploma? If you only have your Malaysian skills certificate, you only become an ordinary welder. You cannot go anything higher. So in order to be a welding inspector, then you need to go up to a diploma. So that's what we did. And the girls returned to Long Tanyit to actually help with the setup and construction of the rainwater harvest system. And we discussed to make it as part of their practical training for their diploma. So they were instrumental in welding the stands for the water tanks and even helped to connect the pipes. They have already obtained jobs as quality control supervisors in a bus company in Kuala Lumpur. 
So I would say for the girls, SDG 1, 4, and 5 have been achieved. Now for the women, I just want to compare the situation when we first arrived at the village. This was our observations. That the women, their days revolved around their husbands and their children. We were told by some of the women that it was usual for girls to get married by 17 years old. And by the time they reached 25 years old, each girl would have given birth to five children. And I just wanted to share a story about uh, one of the women leaders in the organic farming. Now, what happened was that uh, she actually cooked lunch for us. And after lunch, we asked her a question. Do you know she looked sheepishly at her husband and sort of seeking his consent? Um, do you think I should answer this question or not? No. She was looking sheepishly at the husband and we were observing all this. Now, look at her now. One of the six women leaders. And you know what? The six women leaders have actually contributed to a lot of things as in the improvements in the organic farm. Because one day when I had a chat with, with them, they were mentioning of how they need to improve the ways that they are planting tomatoes. Now, it was an idea, not from the men, but from the women themselves. And so I would say that the impact is that the women and girls have now been empowered to make the new, their own decisions and participate in the decision-making process in their community. That's really great. The farms in Sarabak and Sabah are shining examples of ongoing and successful projects. It's a fantastic illustration of best practice. Do you think that this kind of model could be replicated in other rural areas too? I believe so, yes. Because the key is empowering the women to create their own enterprises and feed their communities. Now, even with the Sabah village, the farming is taken care of by the Kampung Ghana Women Cooperative, a bunch of 35 women who have been very instrumental in this project. What we learned from a couple of, uh, a couple of lessons here is that before any project can be implemented, there must be a buy-in from the villagers. I just mentioned to you that it's not like it's so easy to walk into a village and say, we want to do this project for you. It's got to be a buy-in. And the thing is this, the other very important thing is to let the villagers own the project. So when they own the project, they're committed. The men were committed to do the rainwater harvesting and the construction of the dam, and the women were committed to actually get the organic farm running. Now, one thing which we have not been able to do was to help the villagers in Long Tanit to move to the next stage, which is marketing, processing, distribution, creating towards an enterprise. I must share this, this thing with you, with everyone. You know, the villagers in Long Tanit, they even have come up with their own logo for their enterprise. And I would say that this lockdown is not doing anybody good because it's delaying it. And so, but when we are able to travel to Sarawak, and, and we will be able to provide training for phase three. Very good. Now, um, Joanne, what are some takeaways that you would like our listeners to really think about and take forward as we think more seriously about sustainability and food security? Let's grow our own fruit, fruits and vegetables. 
You know, those of us who stay in the condos and the apartments, well, we can cultivate these on our balconies because our balconies need to be empty but can be full of fruits and vegetables. And I think we need to make more sustainable choices like our responsible consumption of food, don't waste, and uh, responsible consumption of goods. They're the, some of the things that we can do on our, on our own capability and our own level. Secondly, lobby governments to give grants to rural areas, to build their own farms, but very importantly, invest in the women. Yes, invest in women. Thank you very much, dear Joanne, for taking us into your region, your federation. We wish you good luck for your presidency and the best of results for the projects dealing with nutrition, food security and empowering women. Dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed this podcast with Joanne from Malaysia. And we also hope that you will join us again for the next podcast. Thank you very much. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Seroptimist International. Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Seroptimist Global on Facebook and Instagram and at Seroptitweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, seroptimistinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.